So all this is happening. So Arjuna sees directly what is called death or destruction. And you can imagine, of course, this looks sort of unreasonable that people should really rush into the mouth of the, of the death. But imagine, this is, understand that this is a cosmic form where time and space and everything is compressed. Suppose our lifetime was to be compressed, our lifetime of hundred years to be compressed in one minute, imagine. Sometimes you see these kind of, you know, the photographs. Sometimes they take a series of pictures of a bud blossoming into a flower, which may take perhaps uh, a few days. And then they rapidly show all these pictures. You can see the flower just blossoming like that in, in a few seconds. Similarly, also imagine our whole lifespan compressed into a minute or something like that. Then how would it look like? I am born, I am the rushing, rushing towards from whom to the tomb, that's what it will look like. And so the creatures, and then after all, they say, we are talking infinite time also. The time that we are talking about and space are all infinite. In infinite time, what is the lifespan of a human being? Of his hundred years, eighty years, nothing. And that's what you know, sees them all rushing into, as though that's the only purpose for which they are born, looks like, you know. The only purpose for which these are born is to rush towards and death. <clears throat> and what is, what are you, what is the Lord doing when all this is happening? When all these course of people are just entering rapidly into the mouth of jaw, what is he doing? So let us describe in the next verse, the 30th verse. Lokan samagran vadanair jwaladhihi Lokan samagran vadanair jwaladhihi Tejo bhirapuya jagat samagram Tejo bhirapuya jagat samagram Bhasastavograf pradapanti vishnu Bhasastavograf pradapanti vishnu Lelishyase grasamanas samantat Samantad Grasamanaha and you completely swallowing them from all directions because his face mouths are everywhere and therefore all these fellows are entering, swallowing them from all the directions. Where? With a burning mouth you are swallowing them, devouring them from all the directions. And doing what? Licking your face. So, licking your lips. When do you lick your lips? When you are enjoying something very delicious, I guess, you know. <laughs> So this is what Arjuna finds. This is a play of Kala, this is a play of time, the play of death, this is exactly what he sees in front of him. When I find your Lord, he's licking your mouth, taking your lips and devouring them from all sides with a burning mouth. Tejo bhira apurya jagat samagram, tejo bhi samagram jagat apurya, engulfing this entire world with your flames, your cruel or flames, Ugraha, means your, your uh, scorching flames, Pratvanti Vishnu, O Lord, you are in fact scorching the whole world. By this, the flames, these are emerging from your mouth, you are scorching the whole world. <coughs> he Vishnu, he addresses him as Vishnu. The derivative meaning of Vishnu is Vedashiri Vishnu. So one that is all pervasive, that's called Vishnu. Although Vishnu is the name of the deity, the preserver. But here we see Vishnu as a destroyer. It's all the same. The creation, sustenance, destruction is going on simultaneously. Although we say there is a trinity and Brahma is a creator, Vishnu is a preserver and Rudra or Shiva is a destroyer. But it's not that someday Brahma created and now he is also we find that all these deities, all these devatas are always performing penance. I mean, they don't seem to be doing anything, really. Vishnu also is supposed to be preserving this world, you can imagine. 
even maintaining one home, you know, just administering and maintaining and managing one home also, household, you know how much it takes, let alone an establishment, let alone an ashram, let alone an organization, let alone a country, how much the whole universe? What an amount, what a stressful job it must have been. And what is this the Lord Vishnu doing in while maintaining the world? What is he doing? He is reclining on his serpent bed with his eyes half closed in what they call yoga nidra. And what is Brahma? He performing his penance. Brahma the creator, what is he doing? He is also in meditation in his, in his lotus feet. And what is Shiva doing? Also in Kailasa, always in meditation. So these gods are always in meditation. When are they doing their job? No? But they seem to be doing their job all right. The idea is that they don't need to do anything. They need not even bat an eyelid in order to do what they have to do. Because if they had to, Swami says that if Lord Narayana had to go to office in order to administer this world, then someday he will require also a sickly or something like that. Someday he will require a day off or he will need vacation. That time what will happen? The whole world will come to a halt. So that, so the fact that, that just shows that all of this is happening merely by the presence. It is not that someday Brahmaji created the world and then he has left it. Or someday this Vishnu Rudra will destroy it. The cause of creation, sustenance and destruction is going on simultaneously. Because no creation is possible unless something is destroyed. And so it's going on simultaneously. The previous state comes to an end, the new state gets created. And this whole process of creation and destruction is sustained constantly. And that is how all the three devatas are constantly at work. So although we divide the duties of creation, sustenance, dissolution into three different devatas, we find all of them happening right here. Because in fact, there is only all, the subset of all of them is this only one. And here, when we are looking at this cosmic form, we are seeing God in his entirety. And therefore, Arjuna finds this process of destruction going on here. And as though he is enjoying it, he is living, he is enjoying the whole process. And so in spite of such cruelty, in spite of such cruelty, there doesn't appear to be any sense of guilt at all. And as I said, he is really enjoying it. And in spite of this cruel act of destroying this, his Vegas, his brilliance, or his effulgence in no way suffers. Otherwise, usually our effulgence would also suffer when we do something that is unbecoming of us. And here God is doing the most unbecoming thing, as we would say, of destroying this world, and still His brilliance remains the same and continues to scorch the whole world. <coughs> so this is how Arjuna sees, and he is totally confused, he is totally, he does not understand what is happening, and therefore he makes a request here of the Lord. In the next verse. Akshahimeko bhavanugra rupaha Akshahimeko bhavanugra rupaha Namostute deva varaprasiva Namostute deva varaprasiva Vignatamichami bhavantamadhyam Vignatamichami bhavantamadhyam Nahiprajana mitavapravrattim Akshahi, please tell me. Bhavako Bhavan. So please tell me, who are you? Who are who are who is your yourself? Bhavan. That is a respectful address. Bhavako Bhavan. Oh Lord, who are you? Please tell me, who are you? What do you mean, who am I? You know who I am. So how how do you show? What is the you know me? Why are you asking me? He says, Ugra Rupaha. I know you all right, but this Ugra Rupaha. Who are you in this terrible form? I don't see, I don't understand. So who are you in this terrible form? Now this is a, Arjuna is asking a question. Who are you? He wants to know something. This is a Jignasa. Jignasa means Jnatamicca. So there is a desire on the part. Arjuna expresses a desire to know here. And so actually we don't understand why Arjuna asked the question because he has already seen Lord Krishna and there is no reason to ask this question. But therefore he says, no, no, I am Ugra Rupaha. All this frightening and terrible form, so who are you who has assumed this frightening or terrible form? <coughs> but when you want to know something, there must be always a humility and surrender. So therefore Arjuna offers his prostrations. 
Namostude, Devavara, Hey Devavara, O most exalted among all gods. Because he sees all the gods as the mouths of this Lord. See, if you see a typical picture, you, you may see a typical picture of this cosmic form, where different devas, different celestial beings of the gods are shown as parts of this Lord. So one face is that of Brahma, other face is that of Vishnu, third face is that of Rudra, fourth face is that of Hanuman, fifth face is that of Ganesha. All these devas are seen there. I mean, all the gods are nothing but the parts of him. And who is he? Devavara. He is the, he is the master of all of them, the most exalted. I mean, it is he because of whom Rudra is Rudra and Vishnu is Vishnu and Shiva is Shiva and whoever they are, are because of you. Hey Devavara, Rasi Please, be, be pleased with me. Kravratyagam Kuru. Please, 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 please uh, you know, uh, give up this, this cruelty. Please give up the cruelty and become benign. Then alone, proceed and swath. Please be, please, be pleased with me. Favor me. That means, remove this cruelty. Give up this cruelty. And tell me who you are in this terrible form. <coughs> so, Namostu. My salutations to you. And this is how we should do. Whenever we want to know something, we always salute. Because we can know something or somebody only when we acquire their favor. This is one thing. That I can know something only when I acquire the favor of that thing. And therefore we have to do sadhana, we have to do something. Even a scientist also, when he's investigating some specimen, let's say, he wants to observe it through his telescope, or, I mean microscope, let's say. Then also he makes a lot of preparations with the specimen, with the tunes of his microscope and everything else. All of this is an effort to try to tune up with an object which he wants to know. And this tuning up is a process by which in fact we make that object favorable to us. Because it is so small that we can't see. Or it is so far away that we cannot see with naked eyes. And therefore we use a proper instrument. We tune up the instrument also to that object that we want to perceive. This can be said to the process of tuning up with the object or pleasing that object. So it becomes favorable to me and it reveals itself to me. So this is general rule. The Lord, in fact, reveals himself to us. That's what he said in the tenth chapter. When I see that my devotees are completely, uh, they are completely uh, given only to one agenda, namely that they want to know me. And there is nothing else, there is nothing other than me in their life. They are totally devoted to me. Then, prompted by compassion towards them, I reveal myself to them. I appear in the heart as the very self and dispel the darkness of ignorance in the heart. So this is what Lord Krishna said. Thus, this is the, similarly also for us, if you want to know God, then we must tune up with Him. And we must in fact make Him favorable to us. So when he becomes favorable to us, then he reveals himself to us, and that is how we know him. And that's the reason why this namaste, or the namaskara, or the salutation, or that is why also the surrender. Surrender to the prasida, please be favorable to me. <coughs> and all these spiritual sadhana, or spiritual pursuits that we have, the spiritual disciplines that we have also, are nothing but an attempt to tune up with the Lord, and all the worship that we have. Like we say, karma yoga is performing action in the spirit of offering to the Lord or worship to the Lord. And what's the reason for worship? To please Him. To make Him favorable to us. Oh Swami, you have to please the Lord also. We thought Lord was always pleased. He has a nature of ananda, fullness, and where is the question of pleasing Him? But we have to please Him also. In the same way we say the other day, that even though His grace or, or benevolence is available equally to everyone, some, there is some expectation from us also. Just as you said, the light of the sun is equally available to everybody. And still there is some expectation on our part also that we should do something, we should open our window so that the light comes in and floods our home. And similarly also, even though God is always pleased with everybody, His grace is equally available to everybody. But anyway, in order for us to receive His grace, Something needs to be done on our part. And that is where the prayer comes in. That is where the worship comes in. That is where offering comes in. That is where all this comes in. That is our, on our part we do that. In order that we become the recipients of the grace, which is always there. For that we become the recipients of the grace. 
And that is how the question of shraddha, the question of trust, we what we call the surrender, all of these comes and all the prostrations etc. are nothing but the spirit of offering ourselves or surrendering. Namostute deva varaprasida. So, Arjuna, well, what do you want to know? Vijnata Mikshani. I want to know you. Bhavantam Adyam. I, I want to know you. Adyam. So, Adyam meaning the one who is the very first one. I can see that you are the very cause of the whole creation and therefore, Adyam is the very first one. The one who obtains right in the beginning. The cause is that it obtains before the effect. The whole universe is a creation, is an effect. And the very cause is that which obtains even before the creation. So you are the one that obtains before the creation. You see, Lord Narayana is said to be reclining on a serpent bed. The name of the serpent, or name of that cobra, is Ananta. He's also called Seshanada. You know, Shesha. Shesha means residue. So what is residue? When the whole creation also is dissolved, what remains is the residue? There is such pattern. This doesn't dissolve. That is the residue upon which, or the platform upon which, this whole process of creation, sustenance, dissolution takes place. Therefore it is called Adyam, Adhivam, the one that obtains right in the beginning, one that is the very cause of the creation, from whom the whole universe has emerged, by which the universe is sustained, until which the whole universe goes back. So, I want to know you, that you are. What is this? I am right in front of you. You know me. What is the reason why you are asking this? Nahit prajanami I know that you are Lord Krishna, I know that. And that you have taken this cosmic form to show me, that's all right. But then how come you appear before me in this such a frightening, terrifying form? What's the need for that? Nahit prajanami I do not understand your action, this provoked your action. So this gesture or this action on your part that you have taken this kind of frightening form, I don't understand. Why all of a sudden it became like this? So when you appear first before me in the cosmic form, such a pleasing and wonderful form it was, and how come you become so terrible now and frightening? I don't understand that. So Arjuna wants to understand why Lord appears before him in such a frightening and cruel form. <coughs> and Lord Krishna replies to him, he himself does. What for I have taken this form and why do I appear before you in this way? <coughs> Sri Bhagavan Uvacha, Sri Bhagavan Uvacha, Kalos Miloka Kshayakrit Pravridha, Kalos Miloka Kshayakrit Pravridha, Lokan Samaharthamihap Pravridha, Lokan samahartumihapravruttaha Rute pitvam nabhavishyanti sarve Rute pitvam nabhavishyanti sarve Ye vasthita pratyani kesu yodha Ye vasthita pratyani kesu yodha Lord Krishna says Kalosmi. I am Kalaha. Kala means time or Kala also means death. Hey, I am time. I am death. What kind of loka kshayakruta? The destroyer of the lokas, the destroyer of the world. Here you know, the one that is present before you now, that I am the very time, the principle of time, the devourer of everything. Kalo jagat bhakshakaha. It is said elsewhere, this kala, the time, is the one that devours the entire creation. Because nothing ever comes back. And so, ayuhu, ayuhu, gachati, pasyatam, pradidinam. Every day, even as we see, the light ebbs away. Ayuhu, gachati, pasyatam, pradidinam. Yatik, shayam, yovanam. Every day we find that our life is ebbing away. Yatik, shayam, yovanam. Yovanam, the youth also slowly and slowly is ebbing away. And is getting go- is going away. Pratyayan digata punarnadivasaha. The days which have gone, they never return. Therefore the Mahatma says, the youth is that which never comes back having gone. Usually things that go away, go come back also, but not, there is one exception. The youth is that 
which never having gone away never comes back another rule is that what comes goes away but there also be an exception old age is that which comes and never goes so this is the this is what the time does this is what the kala of the time does pratyayandegata punarnadivasaha the days is gone away never come back kalo jagat bhakshakah the time is the one that devours the whole universe and this is play of time is described in many places then <coughs> this is sankaracharya is one of the stotras elsewhere also it is viniyaminyo prasayam pratah shishiravasando unnarayata kalah kridati here the day and the night the shishira and vasanta the season the, the winter and the spring so viniyaminyo the day and night the cycle is going on shishiravasando unnarayata in the winter and the spring they go and come back kalah kridati the time sports gatsati ayahu the life absorbs Lord Krishna says, I am the time, I am Kalaha. In, in special Loka Kshayakrita, what's the nature of the Kala of the time? The one that is devoured or destroyed of the people, destroyed of the world. <coughs> But that is okay, that is the general nature of time. But here, Prabhurdhaha, at this time I have specifically grown, I have specifically expanded. Prabhurdhaha. So the time all right, but right now I become very intense because I'm going to devour this in a short time. In 18 days I'm going to devour all the hundreds of thousand fellows are standing here. In 18 days I'm going to devour them. And therefore, that very principle of time or the death also has become more intense at this time. So Arjuna, I am the time of the death in the intense form presented, you know, standing before you. Then Arjuna asked him, I don't understand what for you are here. Lord Krishna says, Lokan Samahartan Yap Pravrutta. I am here active. I am engaged in doing what? Devouring all these fellows who are here. <coughs> Then Arjuna asks this question. Lord Krishna says, I am here to devour. Lokan Samahartan, destroy all these fellows. But Lord, how can you destroy? I am the one who will destroy them. Arjuna says, how can you destroy unless I cooperate with you? So that's the reason why Lord Krishna has been asking Arjuna, Tasma, Duttisht, Arise Arjuna, fight this battle, do this. So very often people believe that the purpose of Bhagavad Gita is to teach Arjuna to fight. That's all Lord Krishna's agenda is, to motivate Arjuna to fight. Because Lord Krishna is an agenda. And that is what? He has come down to this earth, you know, to remove all the burden on the earth. The burden of the sinners were accumulated at that time. So he has come here to remove that burden and for fulfilling the agenda he naturally needs people. So Arjuna is chosen to do that. And therefore many people interpret Bhagavad Gita's message as it is meant to motivate Arjuna to fight the battle, kill this Kauravas and so that the agenda of Lord Krishna can be fulfilled. So at this time when Lord Krishna said that I am the time, the destroyer of the world, And at this moment, particularly, I am present here in an intense form to destroy all of these fellows. Then Arjuna might ask this question, But Lord, how can you do that unless I cooperate with you? I am not yet accepted to fight. Arjuna said, Nayatse. Arjuna said, I am not going to fight. And still I am not, I don't know that I am going to fight. How are you going to kill them? So Lord Krishna says, Rute Vitvam Nabhavishyandi Sarvayam. Here, you know, even without you also, none of these fellows will survive. Ye avasthitaha pratyanikeshu yodaha. All these warriors who are standing here in confronting armies, so two armies are there, in opposing armies, all the warriors who are standing here, present here in the opposing armies, none of them will survive, even without you. That, is, that must be good. statement for Arjuna to humble him, because Arjuna must have thought that I am the great, I am the commander-in-chief and I am the one who is going to destroy these fellows in my leadership. Arjuna, even if you are not there, none of them standing here in opposing, confronting armies will survive. That being the case, since Arjuna, they are not going to survive, therefore, then why am I all right? Thank you, Lord. 
Okay, I need not do anything now. He says, no, no, there is a very reason why you must do something. What should you do? In the verse 33, Lord Krishna tells him, Tasmātvamuttishthayasolabhasva Tasmātvamuttishthayasolabhasva Jitvāśatrūn bhuṅśvarājyam samruddham Jitvāśatrūn bhuṅśvarājyam samruddham Mayai vaite nihata purva meva Mayai vaite nihata purva meva Nimitta matram bhavasavya sachin Nimitta matram bhavasavya sachin Tasmat therefore Here you know even if you do not participate Then also all these warriors were sending All that is needed for them to die is that I must I must withdraw my favor. That's all. Since I have now they do not enjoy my favor anymore. Mat pratikulyana. Since I am unfavorable to them, that is it. That's all that is required for them to die. That being the case, and therefore whether you participate or not is immaterial. Is of in, is of no consequence. Akinsit karam, inconsequential. Therefore. Since whether you do this or not is inconsequential, therefore you better do. Tasmatvamuttishtha. Therefore, you know, uttishtha. Arise. Arise meaning what? Arise ready to fight. Well, what do you... So what will happen? What first will I fight? Yasola Bhaswa. Here, you know, may you gain all the fame. Arjuna, you arise, fight and get all the fame. Because you are the only one who knows that they are not going to survive without you. But what will the world think? The world will think that Bhishma Drona Prabhuta Atirasaha. This Bhishma Drona, all of these are Atirati. There are all these, you know, we are now the one star general and two star general and five stars and these fellows are now five stars. So there are those warriors uh, who can face uh, one thousand chariots. Rathis. There are those who can face 10,000 chariots, Maharathis. There are those who can face any number of chariots and, uh, and, and, and uh, you know, the, um, the, uh, the soldiers. They are called Atirathis. So Bhishma, Drona are invincible. But the world will know in the history of, in the pages of history, what will be written? Arjuna conquered this invincible, invincible warrior. And that is how you will gain all the fame. All right, that's okay, but fame, you know, what is the big deal about the fame? He says, no, no, kevalam punyaihi hitat prapyade. Arjuna, fame does not come just like that. It comes only to a very, very virtuous people. And therefore, people will know you as a very virtuous person also, because you'll gain all the fame. All right, fame, so what shall we do? We can't eat the fame. He says, no, no, satrun, jitva satrun. Conquer an enemy, Bhumswarajyam, and enjoy the, enjoy the kingdom. Samruddham, enjoy the prosperous kingdom. And all your enemies are gone and therefore unrivaled prosperous kingdom may you enjoy. Arjuna, therefore you have been chosen. Understand that you are chosen to be the one to get all the fame that you conquer all these invincible warriors. At the same time you will get the kingdom of the whole earth. And unrivaled kingdom of the whole earth, prosperous kingdom, may you enjoy. This is what Kshatriyas want. Kshatriyas want power and fame. Fame is more important than the new power. And if they lose, as far as the Kshatriya loses fame, it is as good as dying. You know, he may choose to die. So that's why the fame is mentioned first. And then second is power. That is that the kingdom. And third is the first pleasure, the prosperous kingdom. But then how can I ever win this battle? Lord say, Lord, you say that I will win the battle, but the Bhishma, Drona, Karana, all of these are standing right in front of me. How am I to? So Lord Krishna says, Maya Vivaite Nihita Puramiva. Maya Eva Ete Puramiva Nihita. Here you know, all these people, Bhishma, Drona, Karana, all of these people are already killed by me beforehand. They are already killed. 
What do you mean they are already killed? I see them in front of me, in the chariots with their weapons. That is all right. They are just there. They are without any life. All you need to do is to drop the people who are lifeless. You don't have to do anything. Meaning that task has already been done by me. Then what am I, what do I have to do? Nimitta matram, bhavasabhyasachin, kesabhyasachin, Arjuna is specially addressed by this name, Sabhyasachin. Sabhya means here the other hand, the left hand. Arjuna had acquired the skill of even shooting the arrows with his left hand. Not only the right, that's how normally they do, but Arjuna could even shoot the arrows with the left hand also. Kesabhyasachin, Nimitta matram bhava, become an instrument. Become an instrument. Oh, recognize that you are an instrument. It's not a matter of becoming. Recognize that you are an instrument. Understand, Arjuna, that it is I who always does things. I am the great Lord, and without my favor, or without my will, not even a leaf can move. And then whatever happens in this creation, happens because of my will. What is meant by Nimitta Matram? What is meant by become an instrument? Become an instrument means, here you know, join your will into my will. That's all. That means that give up your individual will and, and identify with me. That means give up your identification with ego and identify with me. Whether you call God the order, whatever you call him, identifying with that. And looking upon oneself as merely an instrument or a vehicle for the manifestation of the order of the Lord. That would be an ideal way of living. This would be a karma yogi. Who looks upon himself as an instrument of God. That I do not, I do not offer any resistance. Like, like a musician who has a musical instrument in his hand. And how that musical instrument cooperates? Whether it is sitar, it is violin, or it is tabla, those drums, they cooperate. They don't have the agenda of their own. And therefore, the musician has a freedom to bring out whatever kind of music he wants to bring out. And you know what this musician does, particularly these tabla fellows do, the drummer, you know what they do? Before they start playing on the tabla, you invariably see them with a hammer. These poor tabla, these poor drums, on one hand they have, they are at the disposal of this musician. On the other hand, that fellow will make sure I don't know what it is that they mean, but anyway. But the sitars are also That means that the musical instrument has to make itself available to be, to be uh, tuned up also. If I am an instrument that is not in tune, then I must allow myself to tune up. That also Lord will do if I allow him to do. For that the tabla or the drum must be prepared to have a little strokes of hammer. Or that string instrument must be prepared for tightening and whatever it is that takes. Similarly also a devotee of the Lord must make himself available for a few little, you know, strokes of the hammer or for tightening of the strings if the musician that is Lord considers it so necessary. And having tuned up then that sitar or violin or whichever the instrument it is has no agenda of its own. But then it becomes a fit instrument in the hands of a musician and the very best music can be brought out. Less tuned up I am, less distorted the music gets. And right now there is a distortion because of ahankara and mamakara. Ahankara, the eye notion, the sense of individuality, the ego. I have my own personal agenda. Mamakara, this is mine. Raga, I like this. Dvesha, I do not like. And therefore, this I want to happen. I want this to happen. I do not want that to happen. No, suppose I want something to happen, but God wants something else to happen, then there is a clash here. That means then I offer a resistance in the scheme of things that the Lord may have. That means that surrendering here means surrendering of Raga and Dvesha, likes and dislikes. The ego is still there. But it is what we call an humble ego, which is surrender, its likes and dislikes, its agraha, its insistences, its agenda to the Lord. That's an ideal karma yoga. And this comes from the knowledge. Arjuna had the first-hand knowledge. Of course, he was very fortunate. He had the first-hand knowledge 
he could see that it is Lord indeed who does everything because he saw it. He saw the end of the whole battle right in front of him. And he could see that he, without his being also, all these fellows enter, were entering the jaws of death. And Lord Krishna told him in so many words also that whether you do something or not, this job is already done. You have been chosen. That means we can say that each one of us has been chosen. Each one has a role to play. Whatever is created in the universe has a purpose to serve. It doesn't matter what the purpose is. He may say that as long as you are the humility, any purpose is as good as any other purpose. But then we, I want to be like somebody else. But that is not how it is in nature. It's only with this human being that this kind of competition is there. But in the nature, we know the sun does his own job. He's brilliant and illumines the whole world. The moon is not as bright as that, but moon is happy to do its own job and illumine the world in time of night. And so when the sun sets, somebody is to take over. That's the moon. When the moon also is not shining, the stars will illumine in their own way. When the stars are also not there, a little lamp will be there. Doesn't matter. It's not how much I illumine. It is that I illumine. That's all that matters. And similarly also, it is not what I do. Because when what I do becomes important, there has to be competition. But then what I do becomes important when the reward is important. See, what I do becomes important when? Why do I want to go to, I want to become a lawyer? I want to become a lawyer. Swami, lawyers make tons of money. That's all. And that is why I want to become a lawyer. I want to become something. Because what is important is the reward. So when reward becomes important, I don't think anybody here wants to become a lawyer, but anyway, that's why I use the word lawyer. As many here want to become doctors, but I just, that's why I use the word lawyer here, anyway, whatever it is. But the thing is that, when reward becomes important, then what I do becomes important. And then I will want to do that, and not necessarily what I am designed to do. So I may be, I, in the scheme of the things, I may have a certain role to play. But I may choose not to play that role, but some other role, because the reward that the other role brings is more important to me. So when reward becomes important, action is likely to be compromised. That's why Lord Krishna first said, please give up your attachment to the rewards, and may your attachment to the action. That is, whatever it is that you are designed for, whatever it is that you are made for, do that. And let that itself be your reward, let doing itself be your reward. Nimittamatram, Bhavasavyasatin, Hesavyasatin, He Arjuna, become Nimitta, become an instrument in my hand. <coughs> this is, in short, a very beautiful lesson that Lord Krishna gives in Karma Yoga. And Arjuna has his first hand lesson because he could see the universal scheme of things. He could see his own place also, the place of being an instrument in the hands of the Lord. Lord Krishna said earlier that all these people are already killed by me and that is clarified in the verse 34. Dronancha Bhishmancha Jayadrasancha Dronancha Bhishmancha Jayadrasancha Karananta Sanyana Piyodhaviran Karananta Sanyana Piyodhaviran Mayahatam So Lord Krishna specifically mentions those people from whom Arjuna had, Arjuna had some apprehension. So Arjuna had apprehension about seven warriors in the Kaurava army and names of those warriors are particularly mentioned. Dranam, Bhishmam, Jayadrasa. Bhishma is of course the very best warrior that ever was. And you know one of the things about Bhishma? Because he took a vow. He took a vow to remain unmarried for the whole of his life. In order that his father could marry a girl. You know his father. <laughs> he, he told you the story of his father, Shantana. That he married against Ganga. And that's how Bhishma, the eighth son, was born. Then that's okay, then Ganga went away. 
you know, because the condition was, I will go away as soon as you interfere in whatever I want to do. Since, since Shantanu, he did not allow Ganga to deposit the eighth child also into the water, and he took away the child, so Ganga went away. So now the Shantanu once had gone for hunting, and then uh, while he was perhaps in the forest, enjoying the beauty of the forest, at that time, he all of a sudden experienced a fragrance of uh, what we call uh, kasturi, you know, with musk deer, that musk fragrance he, he got. And he was just wondering where he was coming from. And he traced that fragrance and came up to a, a hut of a fisherman and found that this wonderful fragrance was emerging from a, 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 a beautiful girl. And Satyavati, that was the name of that girl, the daughter of the fisherman. And this king fell in love with her and asked for her hand. The fisherman was quite all right. He says, wait a minute. Uh, he knew that this is King Shantanu, who already has a son, whose name was Bhishma. He says, well, I can give you my daughter with, with one condition. The children of my daughter should be the heirs of your throne and not anybody else. But you see, the rule is that eldest son must become the heir. And his children also should become the heir. Not the other, other children. And therefore, poor Santanu could not satisfy that condition because he already has a son. And even if children are born to this new woman, they will be still younger and they won't qualify for the kingdom. So he went back, depressed. And just, you know, then he would not eat and he would not even talk and then son Bhishma found out something is wrong with the father, he found, got the story. Then right away he himself went to that fisherman and said that you send your daughter with me and I want her to get married to my father. But he says, wait a minute, uh, uh, the condition is that her, her son must become the king. It's okay, I promise you. That I will not ignore my children, but then it is her son who will become the king. So how do I know? You see, uh, you get married and your children are there and naturally they will be the heirs and therefore there will be fight going on and therefore I do not know that you can satisfy this condition or not. And there and then, this Devavrata was the name of the son, not Bhishma, Devavrata. He took a vow, he took a vow, a resolve, a firm resolve that I will not get married. So question of my son will not be there and so the question of later on any dispute will not be there. And that condition, the Satyavati was sent with him got married, you know, and that is how he was called Bhishma. And he was given a vow, he was given a boon. So Devutas, you know, when he took this kind of vow, they were really mighty pleased, and he was given a boon. That you will die whenever you want. You will choose your death. It's called Satsandam So this kind of boon Bhishma had, that he could die when he wanted. So nobody can kill him. He is a commander in chief of the Kaurava army, who is Bhishma, and they are invincible. So Arjuna naturally had apprehension as to how to kill him, what will happen. Drona, Drona is a very teacher of Arjuna. A teacher is always necessarily, you know, much more knowledgeable than the disciple, however skilled and brilliant the disciple is. And of course Drona was known to be invincible also. And Jayadrasa, another one. This Jayadrasa also had a very special boon, you know. This Jayadrasa also was a very mighty king, and even as he was born, there was this, there was this declaration from the heavens, I guess, what we call Akash Vani, you know, so this celestial uh, voice was there, which declared that this boy will become a great king. And there was a further boon, that is, I mean, he enjoys a further privilege, that whoever kills him, so when his head falls on the ground, the killer's head will be split in hundred pieces. So Jayadrasa, so whoever kills him, when he when he falls on the ground at that very moment, whoever is responsible for his falling his head, whoever is responsible for falling his head, his head also is split into hundred pieces. This was all well known. So nobody would dare kill him because naturally he will be killed. And Karana, he told you the story of Karana in the morning. Karana also was invincible. You know, he was he was the son of Surya, son, brilliant. And even when he was born, he was born with special armor, the special armor and the special earrings. He was born with that, and there was a boon that as long as he has them on, 
It was integral part of his body. And as long as he possesses them, nobody can kill him. Not only that, but Karana had also performed a lot of penance and he had special powers. Parshurama, you know, he had served in our Brahmatra and then he had uh, other, other kind of weapons were there and therefore uh, he also was invincible. Therefore Lord Krishna said, Dhanam cha, Bhishvam cha, Jayadratham cha, Karanam cha. Don't worry Arjuna, it's Drona, Bhishma, Jayadratha, Karana. Haka Anyana Piyodhaviram, as well as other heroic warriors, Maya Hata, all of these have already been destroyed by me. Tvam Jahi, and therefore you only have to kill those fellows who are already killed. <coughs> Meaning what? You don't, you to just your arrows will drop, fellows are already killed. That's all you have to do. Maya hatan, tvam jahi. You just kill those fellows who are already killed by me. Ma vatishtaha. Have no fear at all. Don't have any fear from all these people. I'm telling you. Vidhyatva. And they will fight the battle. So, this is by the way Arjuna is being told. In case the reason for Arjuna is not fighting, or the apprehension of winning, that is not clear. It is not clear that Arjuna said he would not fight because he has any fear. In case, but he just uttered one sentence that we do not know whether it is good if we win or they win. Just taking that sentence, in, you know, from that same point, Lord Krishna is telling him, Mahavasishtaha, do not have any fear at all. Yudhyasya, fight. Jetasi, you will be victor. Rane Sapatman, you will be victor of all the enemies in the battlefield. Therefore, do not be afraid, fight this battle. This is how Lord Krishna revealed the intention of appearing, appearing before Arjuna in this terrible form of death. <coughs> okay, we will continue tomorrow. Om Puranamada Puranamidam Puranat Puranamudachyade Puranasya Puranamadaya Puranameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Bhadarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutavande Bhagavanta Ogunakunaha Ishvara Guratmedi Murti Veda Vibhagine Vyoma Vajyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Sri Guru Bhagavan Hari Om